Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 4. Romans the 4th chapter, we're going to read a few verses there. And uh, I want to talk tonight about this, uh, and, and you'll see more what we're going to talk about here as we go. But I'm going to talk about God is able. God is able. Yeah, this is going to mean more to you when we get done. God is able. <clears throat> I know that kind of seems like, well, yeah, I mean, if it's God, He's able. Yeah, we, we got we to gotta believe that, that God's able. Now, and uh, uh, let's go Romans 4, verse 16. And this is talking about Abraham. It says, uh, Therefore it's a faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. In other words, God's simply saying, uh, God does things by faith that it might be by grace. Hallelujah. And the reason is, is so that everybody can get it, that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Uh, you know, God, and I, you know, God doesn't just bless you based on your IQ. How many are glad about that? God doesn't base you on your looks. I'm certainly glad about that. I was good looking when Phyllis married me, but transformation has happened. Hallelujah. Now, she still thinks I am, but they say love is blind. In this case, I think it's deaf, dumb, and blind. Anyway, but praise the Lord. I still love her. Praise the Lord. I just called my wife. Help me out, Jordan. I just called my wife deaf, dumb, and blind, so... All right, we'll a little fix that later, amen, <laughs> if it's fixable, that is. But, I mean, God doesn't just do this just randomly, does it? I mean, He doesn't do it like, like you know, you got, you got to weigh your perfect weight. Anybody glad about that? You ever go by those, you ever see those charts? They're crazy, they're nuts. Nobody weighs that little at that height. Well, not very many people do. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Listen, man, I ran into a guy, a minister friend of mine. I hadn't seen him in years. And we, I was at this church, and I was walking out uh, the sanctuary into the service hadn't started. I was walking out of the sanctuary into the entryway, uh, we, the vestibule, and just we just almost ran into one another, you know. And it's like, bam, there we are. And we just started talking, you know. I mean, we, we hadn't seen each other in years. Just took off where we left off, you know. He looked at me, and he goes, man, he said, you're looking good. I said, well, it ought to be. I've been losing weight for 35 years. So I haven't arrived yet, so I'm still working on it. Praise the Lord. And so, thank God, it's by, it's by, it's, it's, it's by grace, but you've got to have the faith, right? It's, therefore, it's the faith that it might be by grace. Uh, so, so the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only that which is of the law, but that which is also of the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, he did that before he ever had a child. God doesn't wait till things look good to declare something. Uh, before him, whom he believed, verse 17, even God who quickens or makes alive the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. God makes alive dead things. Hallelujah. I mean, God makes alive the dead. 
And sometimes things die in your life, but God can make it alive. And He calls things that be not as though they were. He sounds like one of those name it and claim it people. Doesn't he? He sounds or like they used to say, blab it and grab it. Well, like one brother said, I blabbed it and grabbed it and got it, and you did without. All right? You know, and I've always said this so people keep it in balance. We don't, we don't claim anything God hadn't already named. He's named us healed, so claim it. He's named us financially blessed, so claim it. He's named us, you know, uh, you know, free from oppression, depression, and sin. So name it, right? He, he's named us certain things, and so we, you know, claim that. Claim what he's named. This isn't really all that hard. You know, I just don't believe in that confession thing. Well, then, how'd you get saved? The Bible says you've got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus just to get in the door. And so, you know, uh, but we only say what he says, you know. I mean, you can say things. He didn't say, but he didn't have to back it. How many know that? But if he said it, how many know he'll back it? But sometimes you've got to say it, and then you've got to say it, and then you've got to say it. You've got to keep saying it. It's because it's truth, right? Amen. Now, 18, who against hope believed in hope. In other words, Abraham didn't have any natural hope, but he did get a hold of some kind of hope. You know, when you're 100 years old and your wife's 90 and you're wanting to start a family, you don't have any natural hope. So you're going to have to grab it somewhere else. Right? And, you know, sometimes people get, you know, they get uh, diagnosis maybe from a doctor and something. There's absolutely no natural hope. But, there's, but you're not without hope because there is another type of hope. It's called spiritual hope. And that comes from what God says. Amen? So he who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. So Abraham got his hope from those five words, so shall your seed be. Wow. I, I mean, God doesn't have to speak a lot to change your life if you just listen. Right? He didn't have to speak a whole lot. Just... Uh, so, so someone said one word from God will change your life. Well, it will. Right. And so he said in verse 8 or 19, he said, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he's about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. How many know that was his problem, right? That was the problem. The problem was uh, he, his body was uh, now dead, and that means for reproductive purposes. And so, so was Sarah. Sarah's room, had, Sarah's room had been unfruitful all her life, see. And Abraham, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, when God told them this, you know, uh, when he told Sarah that she was going to have a child, she looked at Abraham and said, am, and looked at him, you know, am I going to have pleasure, my Lord being old? She looked at him and like chuckled like, are you kidding? He's an old man. We didn't even sleep in the same tent, God. I'll leave it to that. God, God's got a sense of humor, though. You know, I mean, so the Bible says Sarah laughed. The Bible also says Abraham laughed. But, you know, eventually they both took God serious because the Bible says in Hebrew, Sarah judged him faithful. 
In other words, at first it sounded funny. You kidding me? You got to understand how funny that would sound. What if, what if, what, what if, you, you, would, you know, I mean, what if somebody, what if we had an old couple in here and he was 100 and she was 90 and they shuffled up here Sunday morning and I prophesied to him, you're about to have a baby. <laughs> See, you laughed. Why'd you laugh? Because it seems ridiculous. You're going to think pastor missed it, right? Well, that is exactly what Abraham and Sarah thought when God told them this. But they realized God is serious. And, and, and the Bible says that he, verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, notice this, giving glory to God. How many know you got to give glory to God before you see anything? And he was fully persuaded, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, I was reading that, and this has been a long time ago. I mean, when I say a long time ago, I mean like weeks ago. I was reading that, and it hit me. Faith really isn't as hard as sometimes as we make it. Faith just believes God's able to do what he said. We know he will, right? But we have to first believe he's able to do it. The Bible said he's, he's, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Think how big you can think. It's real small compared to God, isn't it? No matter how big I can think, God's able to do more than that. And the Bible says he's able, listen, he's able to make all grace abound towards you. How, how much is all grace? Well, it's all grace, isn't it? Right? So, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to look at all these scriptures. I, I, I had several that I read today. But, well, I'm going to pare it down because I'm not going to look at everything. But I was, I was a little surprised at just how many places the Bible talks about God being able. You need to run a reference on it sometime. About how God is able. God is able. Well, you know, we can't put limits on God. God's able to do anything. Are you with me now? You know, uh, God is able, listen now, God is able to fill this church to overflowing in one service. But we got to believe He's able. Amen. You know, I've told a story before a missionary that I, I haven't seen him in a long time, but I, I, uh, used to, I knew him years ago. And, uh, I mean, I still would know him if we saw one another, but we just haven't had contact in a long time. But he, he went to uh, Mexico and started several churches. And he talked about one of the pastors there had a church, and he said he'd been there, I think he said, seven years in his church, and he had seven people. And f- uh, that's counting him and his wife and his three kids. <laughs> so <laughs> that means besides what he brought, he's got a congregation of, of two. That's it. And he said one day it was a knock on his door. He, uh, Parsonage was next to the church. He had a place where he stayed next to the church. And one day... There was a knock on his door, and he answered the door, and this guy said, he said, I, uh, I hear you believe in healing. You believe in praying for the sick. He said, yes, I do. 
He said, well, I, I gathered a bunch of people uh, from the villages for you to pray for. And he said, uh, he said they're out here. He said, well, just uh, have them go over to the church and I'll pray for them. And he went over and he prayed for a bunch of people and God healed them. He said Sunday morning he had 700 people in his church. God is able. God is able. God is able to change your situation, my situation, just overnight. How do you know that? God is able. God is able to change our country. God is able. God is able. And, we, and I, was just, I was surprised when I just began to look through the Word and just look these Scriptures up, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to dig Scriptures up on God is able. And I, I found out there all, all through the Bible talks about God is able. Chronicles, when the prophet told the, the, the king, he said, God's able to give you much more than this. God is able. And the Bible says his eyes go to and fro looking for somebody to be able to. What's he looking for? The Bible says, the King James says he's looking for somebody whose heart's perfect or loyal, just, just loyal to him. You know, perfect. You know, he's pretty perfect. That doesn't mean without any mistakes or faults or sins. or Right? But it just means you're loyal, right? It means you're committed to God. You're not fooling around. Amen. And so those, those I, I just believe that we're, we're in a time, listen now, I just believe that we're in a time where those that uh, have been faithful, and if you're not faithful, you can get in. You can get in. The, the Bible talks about, you know, the one that just worked a few hours or just the la last hour got the same amount as the one that worked all day. That's the way God is. He, he's good. And so if you're not faithful, you can get in. And those that are faithful, I believe in these last days, the days we're entering in right now are getting ready to receive some tremendous blessing in their life, spiritually and naturally. Amen. The Lord said to me in 1993, how many years ago has that been? Teach how many years ago has that been? 29 years ago. The Lord said to me, I was getting ready to go preach in a meeting, the Lord said to me, and He, he said this to me, He said, those that have been faithful in planting seeds will one day reap an immediate harvest. I've never forgot that. I wrote it down. Still got those, still got those notes at home. Hallelujah. I like immediate stuff, don't you? You know, God, God's going to do some suddenlies. You know, he is, He's also... The, I preached a message one time, I don't know if I titled this, but the God of the gradualies. Because sometimes he does things gradually. But I think we're entering into a time of suddenlies. Suddenlies. Hallelujah. Suddenly the whole family comes to Jesus. Suddenly you're out of debt. Suddenly your body is healed. Suddenly you're delivered. But you got to believe God's able. God is able. Not only is he able, but he's willing. Amen. But you've got to believe he's able. All Abraham did, the Bible said, he, 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 he was fully persuaded, verse 21, that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. There were two blind men that followed Jesus and followed him in the house. And they wanted to be healed. And Jesus said, believe ye that I am able. They said, yes, Lord. He said, be it according to your faith. He didn't ask him if they knew 25 scriptures. Right? 
He asked him, do you believe I'm able? I think sometimes, even in the word of faith circles, if we don't watch it, we, we get a little bit like uh, dependent on what we know, what we've done. Did you know that God is not, doesn't want you to read the Bible so it'll bless Him? He's already blessed. I wish you and Pastor Chuck, Pastor Jerry, quit talking about reading the Word, read the Word, read the Word. Well, we're just trying to help you. Why? Because reading the Word blesses you. Knowing the Word blesses you. It doesn't bless God. You know, your tithe isn't going to help God out any. God's not behind on any bills. But it will help you out. Amen. It isn't like God, God didn't say, Gabriel, we have overspent for these pearly gates. Whose idea was this? Do you know how much these things cost? No? See, it's for, you know, everything God does is for our, our, our benefit. Even when he asks, even, even in worshiping him, it benefits you. It benefits you. Actually, the Bible talks about, and I like to think this, the Bible talks about we magnify the Lord. David said, come magnify the Lord with me. I believe, we, you know, we can't technically make God any bigger. He's as big as He's ever going to be. But we magnify Him in our life. He can be bigger in your life. And when you praise God like Abraham did, give glory to God, all of a sudden, the impossible starts looking possible. Something about praising God, it just magnifies Him in your sight. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, this looks doable. Amen. God can do it. Amen. I said, God can do it. Praise God. You know, I, I, I forgot. I forgot what it was. Phyllis, I should have said something about this. I hope she remembers what it was now. Well, I should have said something about it. Something about the kids were believing for something. They said, you need to say something because it came to pass. Oh, the kids were believing for us to pay off our building. That's right. It's on their list in their children's church, you know. You go back in there sometimes. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of rules back there. Don't spit, don't hit, don't kick, don't bite, don't. First time Pastor Jerry, so I said, man, it sounds like a concentration camp back here. Um, but they need, their, they need a little help, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, but they have their list of things they're believing for. And I want to tell you something else they're believing for. They're believing for us to have another building. What is it they want? They want, they want a recreation room. I guess they want a gym. They're believing for that. Leave them alone. God is able. Right? I don't think he got us this building paid off for no reason at all, just so we'd be comfortable. I mean, I wasn't worried about it. I was comfortable anyway. The payment didn't bother me at all. I didn't think about it. I think he's got something in mind. Hallelujah. But we got to believe God is able. Right? So you can get stuck, you know, like, you know, I've walked in churches before and they're stuck, man. I mean, they're just stuck. Bless their hearts. They, don't, they just don't realize God can, God can do more than this. Amen. I said, He can do more than this. Some, some people, you know, here's the thing that will get you too. I'll tell you what, if, if you, if, you know, Jesus, a lot of people don't realize they have this, but they have a love of money. And they don't realize they do but they're afraid to part with any of it. And that means you, you love it. That, that means you're deceived by it. Right? 
what, you know, the, the Lord said this to me. And I, I didn't like it any more than probably you will. He said, he said, you know how you know if you have deceitfulness of riches? I said, how, Father? He said, if I ask you to give it all away and you can't do it, he said, you're deceived by it. You think it's your source. It's not your source. Right? So what if God... What if God wanted us to give all the money we have in our church account away? Are you sucking air? <laughs> he would never ask you to do anything that's going to hurt you. You all say, Pastor's up to something. No, I'm just, I'm just preaching. <laughs> but it happens. I said, it happens. And every time people obey God, they always come out more blessed. Hallelujah. What if God asks you to give every dime you have away? Well, I would rebuke the devil. <laughs> well, you, you know, I mean, you, know you, you might do that, but the thing of it is, if it's really God, you hurt yourself. You didn't help yourself. Right. Amen. I remember the Lord, and it wasn't a great car, so I don't want to sound like I was this great giant of faith and all, but I remember one time a lady stood up in church, and she, uh, she was, an, I consider her an older lady. Uh, she, she was about Miss Joanne's age. And, uh, <laughs> well, wait a minute, I'm going somewhere. I was younger then, all right? I was in my 20s. So, and I thought, she's an old lady, you know? And, <laughs> see, Joanne's younger than I am, I think. So anyway, so I'm safe here, all right? And we're not telling you how old she is. Amen. But she looks pretty. She looks pretty young for forty. See, I got some brownie points right there. See, no, this lady. She stood up. Now I figured she was probably at the time. She was probably in her late fifties, early sixties, maybe, or late fifties somewhere like that. And she talked about how she was having to walk to work. And uh, I haven't known her son. I got indignant because I'm thinking, if that's my mother, bless God, she would be walking to work. I'd buy her a car. And so this, indic this, this righteous indignation came on me when she, when she got up and she's talking about it. And she wasn't asking for anything. It was just in the midst of a conversation. She talked about how she'd been walking to work because she didn't have any vehicle, didn't have any car. And I thought to myself, well, what's wrong with her son? What in the world are you doing letting your old mother, who's in her 50s, walk to work? I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm really not. This really happened. And when I said that, God said to me, he said, why don't you give her your car? He could have added big mouth. <laughs> but he didn't. And when he said that, I mean, I knew it was God. Why don't you give her your car? So I said, okay, I'll give her my car. I should have kept my mouth shut and stayed out of this. So I gave her my car. I cleaned it up, you know. Fixed it up a little bit, gave her my car. I mean, it wasn't like I gave her a Cadillac. It was a Chevy. What was that car? A Chevy Cavalier or something. But it was beats walking. Amen. Right? What if God asked you to give your car away? Why is it so quiet in here? I didn't say he was going to, but what if he did? You know? What if he asked you to do, you know, what, see, th th these are things we got to realize that, that if we're going to really be committed, we got to really be committed. I mean, whatever God wants out of us, we got to do it. 
right? What if God, what, what if God, you know, one of my friends was, was fighting some things the other day physically. And so I texted him and said, you know, I've been praying for you. And they said, why don't you fast a little bit? Yeah, but I brought you in on it, though. I said, yeah, I said, have you ever heard of a Daniel fast? Have you ever heard of a Daniel fast? No pleasant food? I said, I'm going to, because they know him, too. I said, I'm going to do a Jerry fast. Because he's found out you can live for, you can go without food for 40 minutes and still live. It's tough, he says, but you can do it. He's been in the wilderness before, folks. Amen. So he knows. What, what, if God, what if God asks us for things? What if He asks us for things? I mean, you know, we got to be so committed in these days. We, we, God's, God's looking for some really committed believers. Right? And He may never do that. But then again, you got to be open. He might. He might. And you just can't let fear get a hold of you. Amen? Go to 2 Kings chapter 7. Go there, 2 Kings chapter 7, because it's, it's just really important that in these last days we hear God, we obey God, because I'm telling you, there's some good things ahead for those that are faithful, those that are committed, and those that just believe God's able. Hallelujah, that He's able. I like this scripture, 2 Kings. Let me give you the story behind it before we read the verses. This, the city of Samaria has been besieged by the enemy army. Um, and there's a famine in the city. There's such a famine that they're selling. Like if you go to the restaurant, all they have on the menu is donkey head and dove dung. That's it. So you sit down, you know, if you, you go out to eat, you know, and there's the menu. Uh, you want the donkey head or the dove dung? Yeah, it depends on whether I want fiber or fat. I'll take the donkey head. That's what I fast. <laughs> That's what Pastor Jerry fast. <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. This is in your Bible. This is all they had. They had donkey head. They were eating donkey head and dove dung. They were selling donkey head and dove dung. Yeah. Can you imagine? Had barbecued donkey head. Dove dung salad. This is it, man. I'm telling you. You get hungry enough. That donkey head goes to looking good. I don't know how dove dung ever looks good. but So here's where they're at. I mean, this is, this is the place they're at. This is how bad it is. How I many? that's bad. That's bad. And, and, and in uh, first, 2 Kings 7, verse 1, then Elisha, the prophet, he said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, you shall see it with your eyes, but you'll not eat. Thereof. What's he saying? He said, well, uh, you, you'll see it, but you won't partake of it. This is going to happen in our days where people are going to see us getting blessed, 
but they're not going to partake of it because they, weren't, they didn't believe God was able. But what the, what the prophet actually said, which why it seems so outstanding to this, this, this king's servant, was when he said, tomorrow, uh, this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley, you know, for a shekel and the gate of Samaria. Actually, those prices were lower than it was normally. So he basically said, because, you know, at this time, people would have given their whole life savings for a little bit of barley. Right? Or a little bit of flour. But the prophet stands up. They're, eat, they're eating donkey dung. Do, donkey dung. <laughs> donkey head dove dung. Say that real fast. They're eating donkey head and dove dung. That's all they got. And that prophet stands up. Hey, tomorrow, barley and flour is going to be cheaper than it normally was. And this guy says, this is not, there's no way. But did you know what? On the, the next day, it happened. Because outside of the city of Samaria were four lepers, you know. And they're just sitting there, you know. And they don't have any food. Nobody in the city has anything much to eat. And they're just sitting there. And finally they said, hey, wait a minute here. Why do we sit here till we die? I say that to Phyllis sometimes when we're at a restaurant. Why do we sit here till we die? Let's go. <laughs> she said, I wasn't planning on it. Anyway. But, you know, they, they finally said, why sit we here we die? If we go into the city, we're going to die. If we go defect to the Syrians, if we do that, all they can do is kill us. But perhaps they might let us live and feed us. So when they went, the Lord, as they were going, four lepers, the, the Lord caused the Syrian army to hear a mighty hose coming after them, and they all scattered. They all boogied. They left everything behind. And it's four lepers, four sick Hungry, broke lepers. God defeated the Syrian army with four sick, broke, hungry lepers. Amen. God is able. Amen. And they went in there, you know, and I mean, they got in their tents. Man, can't you imagine that? I mean, you know, the skinny lepers dying, and they eat until they can't eat no more. I mean, their bellies are sticking out, you know. They, we, we found a cat one time. Years ago, we were, in, we were in Vincennes, Indiana, and I don't know, I was turning around, and I was going, and I went under this bridge, and we hear this, rawr, 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 and we stop, and there's this little bitty kitten, and he is starving to death. And so we, we picked him up, you know, and put him in the car, and, you know, took him home. We lived in Jasper, and, we, and on the way home, he's trying to eat Phyllis's finger. He was so hungry. And we got him home, and we, we, we put him out on the back porch and put some food in the bowl. He ate, and he ate, and he ate. 45 minutes later, we finally said, we better stop him. Because <laughs> that little belly was expanding. You could see it bloating out like, we're gonna, this is going to kill himself here, you know. He's kind of like Pastor Jerry, you know. He's going to kill himself if somebody doesn't step in and take over here. It's your night tonight, praise the Lord. You just never know when it's your night, but it's your night tonight. <laughs> Kenny's left alone tonight. Amen. But you can imagine these guys, they haven't had anything. To, they ate. They're carrying out gold. They're carrying out garments. They, I mean, they are so rich. And finally, they say, you know, this isn't right. You know, if we do this and we don't, we don't tell them in town, something evil might come on us. We got to share this. And so that, so the, so, so like the prophet prophesied, the next day, there was an abundance of everything. God is Able. Hallelujah. That's why those stories are in the Bible, so we know God's able. 
God's able to deliver you out of the lion's den. Right? You know, people have, even Moses, he had a little problem one time. You know, God, you know, Israel complaining, and they were complaining because of manna. You know, angel food. Stuff that God sent down. They called it, in the King, New King James says, they called it worthless bread. Ugh. It's one of these people lived. They didn't. All right. That's right. They didn't live. They died. And so, you know, God said, all right. He said, these people want, they want meat. He said, uh, you know, God can be pretty funny sometimes. He told Moses, he said, I'm going to give them meat till it comes out their nostrils. He said, I don't know that. It's Numbers chapter 11. God can be funny. And you mess with him, he's going to win. And he said, I'm going to give them meat till it comes out their nostrils. They're going to get tired of it. And Moses says, Lord, this is paraphrase. Moses basically says to the Lord, he said, how, where in the world are you going to get all that meat for all these people? I mean, he's like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way. We're out here in the wilderness. There's no Walmart. Sam's Club? How many of y'all ever go to Sam's Club? Everything's in big quantity. It's like, I don't need to go to Sam's Club. I come back with stuff. I, I don't even, I don't need, Phyllis brought home a big tub of cookies. I mean, you can't buy like two cookies. There's like, I don't know how many there are, you know, this thing is like. And I'm the same way. I go in there and like, you know, well, I don't, everything starts talking to me. Take me home. I'm lonely. Take me home. Well, you know, God, God told Moses, he said, he said, my hand's not waxed short. He said, you're going to see. And God, man, I mean, he, God's a good hunter. I mean, he pulled, shot the gun. And I mean, man, they were quail everywhere. They were piled up. Praise God. He fed, there were 600,000 men plus women plus children, probably 2 million people, all right? He fed them all quail dinner that night. I mean, it was piled up. See, God, why? Because God's able. I said, God is able. He, he's El Shaddai. You know El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough, amen? All sufficient one, amen. Nothing's too difficult for him, Jeremiah said. Now, let's close out. Let's go to, back to the New Testament, to 2 Timothy. And I want to read a scripture here. But we have to believe God's able to do whatever, anything. He's able to do it. You know, one of the things, you know, that I, I pray over a tithe check, personally, uh, Is I, I, I pray, you know, Phyllis and I, uh, the home we're in now, uh, we, we weren't planning on staying there, you know. Uh, we bought it. I, my plans were to resell it. We've done that a number of times. We've moved 11 times since we got married. That's no record, by the way. I've got a friend that he moved 20 sometimes. But, and I'm not trying to beat his record. I don't want to. But, you know, we've gotten to the place in our life right now where we, uh, we're just like, I don't want to move another box. 
I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to change the spoon drawer to another location. <laughs> I, I don't want to move anything. And so, you know, we kind of both like, kind of like, uh, well, let, let's just stay here for, for, long, for the rest of our life until Jesus comes. But I still have in the back of my mind that if the Lord brings the right place, which I believe he's going to, I am going to move. I'm just going to have a church move day. <laughs> and I have no problem with people. If you scratch something, we'll fix it. You know, Phyllis is real particular about her stuff. I'm just like, throw it in the back of the truck. Let's go clamp it style, man. Move. Move to Beverly, man. So I, 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 so I will pray over my, my check. I'll pray over it. And I'll say, Lord, I thank you that we have the perfect house, the perfect spot paid for and filled with good things. Amen. And I believe God's able to do it. Paid for, filled with good things. Amen. Praise God. Now, in 2 Timothy, look with me at verse 12, uh, chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1, 12, he says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able, everybody say, he's able. He's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. See, if God is going to be able to do it for you, you have to be committed. You have to commit it to him. What does that mean? Well, you can't, you can't carry the thing yourself. You've got to commit it to him. See, that's what happened to the children of Israel. The Bible says that they limited the Holy One. They limited the Holy One. Why? They didn't believe he was able to get them in the promised land. They didn't believe he was able. And they limited him, and they went without. But, but listen now, they, they should have committed it to God. He got them in. Matter of fact, he got the next generation in. They could have went in there, but they died in the wilderness. And so Jesus said this one time. He said this. He said, uh, he said with men it's impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. And I wrote this down, I don't know, a year or two ago. I said, whenever, whenever things look impossible to you, all it is is you're just looking at the inability of man. That's the only reason. The only reason something looks impossible to it is because we're measuring it by the ability of man. When we measure it by God's ability, nothing's impossible. I never say. Now, I'm not criticizing you for saying this, and I'm not going to jump on you and correct your confession. It has to be in your heart. But I never say I cannot afford that. I don't say that. Now, I may say right now, it may not be wise for me to buy that. Maybe I don't have the money for it right now, but I never say I can't afford it because I can afford anything that's the will of God for my life because God's my supply. Right? So I mean, and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I have the money necessarily, but I can afford it. Amen. Because God's going to be the supply for it. Right? What, what, what if God would tell us to buy you know, a $10 million building. Do we have the money to buy a $10 million building? No. 
Can we afford a $10 million building? Now, see, here's where most people get in problems, the trouble. They say, no, we can't afford it. Oh, yeah, if God says to buy a $10 million building, I can afford it because I got a supply. Right? You know, one of the richest men in, in, in America uh, is Bill Gates. Uh, he's not, he, I forget what number he is now, but he's up there in the top, you know. Um, I may not have the money to go out and buy a new Lamborghini. And that's not like an Italian dish. That's a, that's a vehicle. Expensive one. But listen, if Bill Gates came to me in a minute and he said, go out and buy yourself a new Lamborghini, guess what? I can afford it because I got somebody backing me. See, that's the way I see it with God. If God's backing me, I can afford it. I may not have the money, but I can afford it because I got backing. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So we got, we, we got it. We, we cannot cast off the ability of God. Amen. You know, it's like, the, it's like the Jesus, and I'll close with this. It's like Jesus, you know, when he came to that man and he wanted, or this man came to Jesus and he wanted Jesus to deliver his, deliver his son. And he said, Lord, he said to Jesus, he said, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. I love what Jesus said, Pastor Chuck. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So it's not a matter of what I can do. It's a matter of do you believe I'm able. He didn't know. He said, Lord, if you can do anything, if you can do anything. Well, you know, as you grow in faith, as you get older, you, you look back and you, you see all the things God has done. And you think, my gosh, he did that. Man, I mean, we, we're, I know people that should be in the grave because of sickness. Well, they're still walking around. I'm thinking about one, one man I know, you know. He, he, you know, he's, he's still a walking miracle. He, he told me, he told me one time, he said, you know, every time I go back to the doctor, the doctor will look in there and he said, are you in pain? He said, no. He said, you should be. I don't know how you're functioning. God is able. God is able. God is able. God is able. Hallelujah. And, you know, listen, now, there were, I've told you a story before, but it is a true story. Uh, I think he's still alive. I believe he is. But he used to go around churches and, and Terry's testimony, I think, preached a little bit. His name was Ronnie Cohen. Now, and he was actually, he was on, remember years ago there was a show uh, called That's Incredible? Actually, the world had him on that show. Now, he's a Christian brother. I mean, he's a spirit-filled man. But Ronnie Cohen got a divine miracle. I mean, he, he had an eye put out. I forget how it got put out now. But he got an eye put out, so, you know, I mean, totally, I totally gone, so he got a glass eye. God did a miracle on him. He could read out of that eye, the eye that's gone. And he would go, Brother Hagin had him at camp meeting one year. And he would go around churches, and he would just testify about what God did for him, you know, and cover up his good eye, and he could read the church bulletin. And he was on That's Incredible one night. They had him on. And of course, they think it's some kind of weird phenomenon. He tried to tell them it's a miracle. You know, but the world doesn't understand us. <laughs> They're not going to. 
And so he's on that's incredible, and they cover him. They cover his good eye up. I mean, and they got something for him to read, and he's reading uh, with a glass eye right before him. And they're like, wow. He said, that's nothing. I don't even need that glass eye. He pops it out and reads it anyway. And then the glass eye, I just wear that for looks. Just a walking miracle. Now, that, now see, the world saw that, see. I mean, they had him on the worldly program, you know. And, uh, of course, they think of some kind of weird phenomenon, some kind of psychic thing. No, it's God Almighty that he, he's able to do anything. I said, he's able to do anything. We got to believe he's able. Right? And that's, that's, the, that's the getting on place, man. I'm telling you, you believe God's able, he'll take you a lot of places. Look where he took Abraham to. Amen. So I want to challenge you, you know, tonight, you know, maybe you have something in your life. It seems impossible. We probably all had things like that before. It just looked like how in the world. But don't think that way. Think God is able. God is able. Hallelujah. And he's and listen to me. He's not a cheapskate either. Right. He can go all the way. He can go first class. Amen. God's able. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.